You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks on Radio Regent in lovely downtown Toronto. And I'm your host, Rebecca Hayden. Please visit us at radioregent.com and join our live chat or connect with me at rebeccahayden.com. Hello there. Thank you for joining us today on Ayahuasca Talks. And we have Johnny Smalls. Johnny, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. And I think I may have warned you about this very first question I usually ask. Um, okay. I, uh, I usually get right into it because a lot of people have epic stories they want to tell, <laughs> and we want to uh, provide the amount of time that we need. Um, but for those uh, who are listening who may not know what ayahuasca is, and also just because it's fun to get a different answer from everybody, um, what is ayahuasca? Now, it doesn't have to be a scientific answer. I'm just asking you, <laughs> <laughs> if someone was to say to you, what is ayahuasca, what, what answer would you give? Um, it's, uh, I guess, my, off the top of my head, I would call it a um, psychedelic tea. Um, it's it's uh, traditionally used in Central South America um, by medicine men, shamans. And um, it's the active uh, agent would be dimethyltryptamine. Okay. And that's DMT. Um, And uh, it's uh, something that's used for, I guess, healing in many, many different ways. Mm -hmm. And um, from my experience, it's it's primarily psychological. Right. Um, Yeah. Okay. Good description. All right, so <laughs> um, I usually just move uh, right along and and ask you to to talk about um, what brought you to the medicine. But I just want to say um, I, I like to to bring in the integrative piece into this show. I think that um, actually just people telling their stories sometimes is is hugely helpful in terms of integration. Um, hearing other people's stories is immensely helpful as well, so that we know that yeah. we didn't all just temporarily lose our, lose our minds, that we actually did go through a very big experience, and we're not the only ones. And and also there are um, incredible pieces of wisdom that we can pick up on out of other people's stories and and hints at our our just the nature of our consciousness that is really helpful as well. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, this is one of the reasons that we're doing this today. And, um, yeah, so how did, you, how did you come about discovering ayahuasca? Or if you wanted um, to fill in I a bit of the details. Yeah, and I believe I first came across it listening to a podcast. Oh, there you go. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was either the Joe Rogan Experience or uh, Tim Ferriss. Okay. And um, I, it, actually, it was probably Joe Rogan because uh, I remember the one in particular it was this woman Amber Lyons who used to be a reporter, right? Uh, I believe on like an anchor on CNN, yeah, or some major network, yeah. And had she now does you know she runs a thing called Reset dot Me, but mm-hmm. just the recounting of her experience and the chaotic life that she you know, was leading prior to 
traveling to, I believe, Peru mm-hmm. to take ayahuasca. And then the result and, you know, the 90-degree turn that she took with her life into something completely different. I identified a lot, you know, with what she spoke of, you know, prior. And I, and I wanted to, I don't know, it called to me you know, the, um, to have the kind of understanding that she got. And it was just really like, it sounded so profound. And, and, and you know, I have, you know, been struggling with addiction. And I think that was part of her story or, or an angle of it um, for most of my adult life. I'm 42 years old now. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least 20 years of, of, you know, pretty hard drug use. Um off and on, um, and, you know, attempts throughout those years, many attempts to, to get clean, to get off of it, and never really understanding why, um, what I was using, why I was, what I was from, what I was hiding from, what I was numbing. You know, I've done, over the years, I've done so many different things. I was in landmark education, um, I've done outpatient treatment with drug centers. I've done inpatient um, detoxes. I was in Narcotics Anonymous. In fact, I played a. I got really deep into Narcotics Anonymous and was able to be completely abstinent from drugs for over three years. Was chairing meetings, one of the largest meetings in Brooklyn, and still kept coming back to cocaine. Mm. Um, which was my drug of choice, mm. and not not really understanding why. Um, and you know, I, I tried Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> I do yoga. I meditate. I was always able to get out of it. I was always able to clean up. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I would return to the drug. Yeah. And so I've been looking for a solution forever, and I'm not saying that I've found the solution. Um, but my, in the past year and a half, um, over several ceremonies, uh, I've totally changed my perspective. Uh, I believe I understand, I know I understand why, what I'm running from, what, I, what the pain that I was numbing is. Mm-hmm. And it's completely thanks to ayahuasca that I can realize this. Right. Um, so I, I don't know if, I mean, the way I got into it, I was at the time I was in a, you know, an addiction focused Buddhist meditation group. And, uh, and this was shortly after I'd heard that podcast and I was just talking with someone else in the group and they mentioned it. They mentioned ayahuasca and, uh, you know, so I, we talked a little bit and, uh, they knew of a, a, a meeting you know, here in New York where where people would be, I don't know, presenting, essentially. There was a film. There was, like, an open discussion. Um, and at that meeting, we, you know, signed up on a mailing list. Um, a couple people presented two different things. They presented one, which was MDMA, assisted psychotherapy. Right. But not psychotherapy. It was more of a sound bath kind of thing and then also ayahuasca ceremonies and I was like this can't be real like they can't just put this out there and anybody can show up and do this like I mean where's the catch 
You know, is this thing, uh, I, I was really incredulous. Mm-hmm. But I got on some mailing lists, and I got invited, and I got into some phone conversations, and, you know, essentially it was a screening of sorts, I felt. And actually, before doing ayahuasca, I did uh, an overnight ceremony with psilocybin and MDMA. And um, it was very similar to the, the ceremonies I've done since, in the sense that there was, like, a, you know, a protocol that you follow. And um, so I, you know, I cleaned up my eating, stopped using everything, did some journaling, and went into the ceremony with, with a specific intention. And that was, at that time, I had not spoken with my stepmother for over four years. And it was something that was weighing on me. It was something I didn't really get why. And I knew that I was pretty much responsible for it. Um, I had blown up at her, and I had made her the cause of other problems in my life. And uh, anyway, it ended very badly, and, and it was something I wanted to resolve. And during this, you know, this short ceremony, it was maybe six hours, and with the preparation, with the journaling that I had done, I mean, in like 45 minutes, <laughs> I had made quick work of that problem um, and just kind of enjoyed, you know, the music from then on. And, you know, the next morning I sat down, I wrote a letter. I don't even remember what I said. But I just hand wrote a letter and I mailed it directly to my stepmother. So, I'm sorry, are you talking about now your ayahuasca experience or the the other one? I'm not, no, I'm leading up to it. Okay, that's okay. I just have a quick question. Um, Mm -hmm. Before you did this initial ceremony with the mushrooms, did you say mushrooms and MDMA? Okay. Um, My question to you is, had you already decided to do ayahuasca? I had not, no. Okay, so this was the one that you chose first. Yeah, to see how I this felt, goes. I, I was familiar with mushrooms from college. Sure, uh, I'd had yeah. some good experiences as a you know in my early twenties, and um, I felt that this was a little more <laughs> accessible and not quite as risky. You right, know, not yeah. knowing anything about either of, or ayahuasca specifically. So, yeah, the result from that kind of made me want more, maybe to work on myself. So I sent her this letter. We opened up communication. She was in tears. I was in tears, you know. Oh, I was able to resolve something and take ownership of my, you know, my part in, in this rift. And just let it go and get over it. Yeah. Um, so that was in March 2016. Did you did you want to uh, to talk about anything that, that came up in that or um, like what that experience was like for you? We don't usually talk about that stuff here, but I, I'm really curious as yeah. to how that came about. And those two together, this is the first time I've actually heard of mixing the two. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was really gentle. And it wasn't, you know, it really wasn't psychedelic per se. Um, I just was filled with compassion. Oh, and that's so nice. I saw my stepmother not as, you know, anything other than the woman she is. And, and and I felt like the pain that I had inflicted and that and the unfairness and, and the, the all the stuff I had made up in my head and, and just unfairly put on her right. and my dad, you know, in their relationship. Um, and just being, it was almost as if I were looking at it objectively from the outside. 
and it was just with such clarity. I mean, it was it was something I had cried about and anguished over. I had shared about it in Narcotics Anonymous meetings, and it was a, it was weighing on me mm-hmm. because I destroyed this relationship single handedly with a couple phone calls. And I don't. I really. I'm sure. She, I hope she has the letter. You know. I don't remember what I said, but. Whatever it was, we were back talking. I'm able to go visit my dad at his house now. Like these things weren't possible. Right. And um, I think that experience was so positive that I took it to the next level as I saw it and signed up for an actual ayahuasca ceremony again here in New York. Um, very similar requirements, you know of eating the diet and coming in with an intention. And so I think maybe three months later, uh, I did that. And it was, it was eye opening. Um, the, you know, my experience that night was that of being hatched almost, um, uh, there was a shaman, and I had the physical sensation, not the physical sensation, like I, my body physically moved. Uh, it was beyond my control where, you know, the, the, the music was playing, and he was beating, like, these wings around me. And Did you, did you have the yeah. vision of the shaman doing this? Who is it that's, that's no, spreading no, his wings? The, the, no, the shaman stood over me. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I was in, in the depths of, you know, a vision, I guess. But okay. I physically, my, my arms spread open as if they were wings. I felt like as I were a bird. I, oh, wow. you know, spent the rest of the evening basically perched on the edge of my yoga mat, <laughs> and surveying my domain. I, it was as if I embodied, or as if a bird had embodied me, you oh, know, or something beautiful. like that. I, I, the sensation was of being hatched and and just coming into a body of, of, of an eagle or something like that. Wow, that's great. Very And it was really incredible. I had these you know, these these, these visions of kind of flying over um, valleys and and then I you know, I kinda of settled down and, and I had these really compassionate again, feelings for both my mom and my dad. And in the life that we had, they divorced when I was like 10 years old and, and the time before then. And, and I was able again to see them as just as people, you know, and then just feel love for them and feel love for the, myself at that time as a child and the whole family. And it was a beautiful experience. I didn't purge at all. I came out of there. I couldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I told all my friends, you know, you got to do this, but, <laughs> big but, but yeah. within a few months, I was back on cocaine. Oh. And, uh, again, it's like, well, that nothing was solved, nothing was resolved here. Not that I went into it with that intention, but I was still very troubled. So can I ask you a question? Did your intention for the first one, did that, um, first of all, I should mention this, that I, I'm, and I'm sure you've, uh, you may have heard this since, but that's very um, familiar imagery and association, the 
spirit animals and especially birds is very familiar mm-hmm. themes from shamanism. So I, I find that's a very good sign when something like this is yeah, happening. Yeah, well, you know, it was something night. I've been looking for for forever. I'd had the feeling that you know I was afraid. I, I for a metaphor, I was clinging onto a branch and I was afraid to let go. Mm. You know, like a baby bird, and and really like it was almost as if it was coaxed out of me. You know, the shaman who he's like beating these wings and and like like I, it, I my arms were resisting, but finally they spread open. Just like wings, it was amazing. Yeah, sometimes it's very physical, and that physical yeah, experience <laughs> has has all of these. It, 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 as you say, it kind of embodies these these emotions and these situations and this state that you're in. You know, the resistance, mm-hmm. and we can feel it, and, and it's so beautiful how it plays out with ayahuasca. Um, so when you went into that that first ceremony, you your intention was not um, associated with your addiction. It wasn't, you know. I, I don't know that I had a real. It was more of a kind of a. I was curious. Okay. And I, I didn't really get what ayahuasca was, or or what I could expect, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it was just kind of a probing. Sure. <laughs> you know, take it easy first attempt. Entirely valid. Absolutely. <laughs> what a great response from ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. Right. And not everybody gets that, you know. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so afterwards... As I was saying, I mean, I, I continue to struggle. Right. Um, and uh, I, I definitely knew that, you know, there was something there. And from my previous, you know, ceremony that, you know, the possibility of objectively kind of facing your past was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was um, it was this March where I did another ceremony that really I came in there with the direct intention of letting go of addiction and understanding why. Okay. And I stated that at the beginning of the ceremony. And uh, that's not what I got. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, sometimes was, we say uh, we need was, this, and they say, "Okay, here's what you need." We say we want this, yeah. and then, you know, the response is, "Here's what you need." <laughs> so, yeah. do tell. And, okay. <laughs> so this next ceremony, um, I, as I said, I went in there letting go. That was what I said. I want right. to go of addiction that's been plaguing me, and instead, uh, I felt like I was put through hell. Um, I, I remember saying, I feel like I lived and died a dozen times. Wow. Um, it was, it was just physical body sensations of being very hot, very cold back and forth. Like as soon as I put clothes on, I had to take them off, sweating, you know, pulling my hair. And eventually I, I realized I was, what I was being confronted with was, you know, in hindsight and, and during the night I realized. I was being confronted with my relationship with men, with other men. Hmm. And, and I, I was shown over the years, again, this, you know, this, this medicine has a tendency to let you see your past from a third party perspective almost. Oh yeah. And what began was a sequence of, of inc- incidents, like over the years, starting as far back as kindergarten, 
that all to me at the time pointed to like homosexuality. And I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it at all. And like the first thing was, was being teased for holding hands with my little friend, my best friend in kindergarten, you know, oh. another boy. And then it was, you know, it was something else. And then it was a girlfriend who suggested I might be gay. And I got into this, like this loop where I'm like, I can't be. I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I, I know how my body works. I know how I feel. This is, what are you telling me? Why, why are you showing me all these things where, you know, there's any kind of question of sexuality? Mm-hmm. You know, what is this all about? And I, I was really, really troubled. Okay. Uh, I left more confused. Um, just, just, just down mm-hmm. and, and, and confused. I didn't know what it was all about. I, I, I felt like as if everything I thought about myself was put into question. And it took me a couple weeks um, to really process it. And after the end of two weeks, I, was, I actually sat down and I wrote, you know, a two-page kind of memoir of what had happened that night and, and the realizations I had had. And what really stuck out to me was that I, you know, throughout my life had had these, you know, due to a few incidents as a child, my relationships with men have either been you know, pure combat <laughs> or competition, but there was no room for anything else. And and it was stifling me. And I realized, like, that I wasn't able to have, I don't know, intimate, not intimate, but just, you know, understanding with mm-hmm. other men. I, 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 kept, I realized, like, this was informing how I dealt with people. Sure. And how everything became black or white, and it was a competition, and it was butting heads, and it was me or you. Mm-hmm. And you know, with that clarity, I, I I don't know what changed in my life so much, but um, I think from after that, two weeks later, I've never gone back to feeling. A level of insecurity that I was at um, mm. for so long that I didn't may not have even realized. Um, it's incredibly insightful stuff, um, yeah. and and the intimacy. You know, I mean, <laughs> ayahuasca gives us a lot of opportunity to experience intimacy with lots of people. You know, true intimacy, not having to do with sex or anything, just genuine mm-hmm. being able to you know, to feel that, that profound level of connection with others, especially given what we go through when we, when we do the medicine. And there are complete strangers that we feel so close to, you know. There's a camaraderie involved there that I think everybody misses when they walk away from those situations, you know. Camaraderie is very much the word, and it, it's something, you know, that I've, I've yearned for. And, and mm-hmm. you know, being an adult in the real world without school and without, you know the friendships that uh, you know the community yeah uh it's it's been very very difficult to find anything else yeah everybody's telling Um, the story especially mm -hmm. around the medicines the the one 
you know, I mean, there's so many themes that are pretty familiar, but that one, outside of all of the work that we're doing with the medicine, the one theme that seems to come in and out of those experiences is community. Everybody is really yearning for community. Yeah. And I think that we've lost yeah, that. Definitely. So this was only this was only your first experience. You've had three, right? So I've I've done about half a dozen, I oh, think six wow. or seven okay. ceremonies. Okay. And you know, three of them have really stood out. This is this is so this is the first one was the you know, the, the sensation of becoming a bird. Mm-hmm. And the second one I was the one that was I just described where I was uh that wasn't the second one. That was probably about the fourth. So tell me something um, about that. Did you discover that you had, I mean, since then, since that whole revelation about your um, relationship with, with men, have you been able to, you know, to forge some better relationships with, with people? Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've never felt more comfortable than I do now. Nice. Um. I think before, I was always on guard. I was always filtering what was going to come out of my mouth and editing it before it did. And, you know, kind of with a, with an angle that I don't want to expose anything. I don't want to expose any weaknesses. Mm, yeah. So I was very cautious about what I said, and I was very concerned about exposing, being vulnerable. Right. And I, I'm not reacting that way anymore. That's great. Um, I think it's probably the biggest takeaway from that experience is and you're I so can be, and I'm okay with who I am, mm-hmm. and I can, you know, I I understand that I can actually have relationships that aren't sexual, but are compassionate and and passionate and understanding, mm-hmm. both men and women. And right. it's, it's not this line, you know, it's not this black and white line that has to be crossed. Mm-hmm. You're so not alone there in terms of, you know, all, all of that sort of atmosphere in your mind and what takes place before you interact with others. I mean, ayahuasca is big on telling us all about that whole world that we exist in inside and commenting mm-hmm. on it and helping us to change it. So how about your next big experience? Well, let's see, the next biggest one was in September, but I want to say, I'm recalling that I did a, a, like it was a smaller ceremony um, after this one, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, it was, again, it was totally different. It was with a different shaman. Again, it was here in New York, um, and it was very, very not visual. <laughs> hmm. It was very much of, of a, a sensation of cardiovascular repair is the best way I can describe it. An operation? And I'm sorry? It was an operation? Well, perhaps. I mean, I used quite a bit of cocaine over the years, and I've had, you know, I've had some, I don't know, medically, I don't know how they would be classified, but I've had some numbness, you know, on my left side, things that are verging on a heart attack, I would guess. And for a couple hours, I kind of just lay on the mat and 
listened to the singing and and just felt felt in touch with that side of my cardiovascular system. <laughs> hmm. I don't know how else really to describe it. It, it was as if you know I, I was pumping my hand and my my foot and just kind of feeling the whole network, you know, the veins and capillaries and as if there was a ten, intent, attention being paid to that. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, I don't have any, I haven't been to a doctor, so I can't say that I don't have any problems, but I, I've felt really solid since then. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. I just kind of sure. remembered that. Yeah, no, that's important. So you were you were developing kind of a relationship with that area of your body that had been damaged by the use of yeah. of drugs, and yeah. this is also really common themes. Um, just developing a relationship with all all parts of ourselves, not only that atmosphere in our minds, but yeah, the physical part of ourselves that have their own stories to tell too. So yeah, yeah that's amazing. It's good to have that awareness. Right. Well, and it was something that, you know, kind of nagged in the back of my head. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if there was, like, internal repairs going on, but oh, sure. it felt like that. Yeah, I yeah. think that that, that, des- that describes a, a healing for sure. Um, sometimes yeah. I've been to a place in the jungle where um, it's very uh, renowned for having, like, people get operations there. So <laughs> sometimes entities really? come and they actually work on you on different parts of your body. So that's what I thought you were starting to lead into. But this this own personal relationship with your body is just as powerful. It's it's pretty incredible yeah. what we can do to heal ourselves. And I think that's well, that was what was happening. And once you have that awareness, you're you're never the same because you when your body's kind of aching or whatever, you, you now have mm-hmm. this relationship with it where you were cut off before. It was like a machine. Oh, God, doctor, fix it, like a car or something. Right. But now it's right. like, no, this is part of me. i got to pay attention to what's going on here. Yeah. So, and then you had another experience you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, I when I when I finished that, that, that ceremony was... Um, probably in March as well. And, uh, you know, by the end of July of this year, um, I had regressed back into full-blown cocaine addiction. Um, I was missing work. Um, I was really out of control. Mm-hmm. I just was in a lot of pain, and I didn't know why. Um, I kind of took some vacation time and, visited family and, and cleaned up and, and got out of town for a little while and came back and stumbled again and um, and knew that, you know, I was pretty much in a life-or-death situation, I felt. Um, it really... I was really just desperate mm-hmm. for something. Um, just a solution. You know, as I said, I've done all these different things. You right. know, psychotherapy, um... You know, I once, the strangest thing I ever did to combat cocaine addiction was I did this thing called phoratic aversion. Oh, <laughs> Where tell they, me. they actually gave me, was that a, it was at this treatment center that specialized in alcohol treatment. Oh, right. They give people a solution that would force them to vomit. 
when they consumed alcohol. Oh my goodness, this is familiar. Yep. I uh, I was married to drink their drink of choice. (laughs) Right. I was married to someone with an addiction, same addiction as you. Um, It was cocaine and alcohol, and that was an Uh option. And I don't remember whether he did it. I don't think he did. But did you do it? Yeah, I did do it. And so I went in there intentionally for cocaine. And since they can't give you cocaine and make you vomit it up, they give you some similar other cane that doesn't really have any upper to it, mm-hmm. but it makes your teeth numb and it, you know, it rocks up and it does all the things that cocaine does. And they set me in a room with, uh, with a nurse on the other side of a glass window and they put a strap on my arm and they gave me some cocaine in a bag and they said, use it. And they, and they shocked me. Oh, really? Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, debilitating or anything but it was like bam bad dog you know oh my god (laughs) and they make you go through your whole process and then every other day they would um put you under um with anesthesia and and quiz you on your commitment and then kind of um make suggestions and it was like a suggestive therapy Hmm. to uh get you off of using the drug and somehow while I was under I I managed to convince them that I was good and I didn't want to use it anymore and this was like a 10-day inpatient thing and I had really good insurance at the time so (laughs) I did it and eight days later I was back on cocaine. How did you feel going into it? How did you feel about that therapy going into it? (laughs) I was like oh it's perfect it's a miracle it's like you know two weeks off. Right. And, uh, wow. you know, I just really had no idea why I was using it. And I thought this was something that could just be fixed. Right, yeah. And that's what I was looking for. Of course. Fix, you know, just the the easy solution. Yeah. And um, okay. that's what I found. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow, that is, it's just it's eye-opening just hearing that there are these therapies in place still right yeah. now. It's yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, not so long ago. Right. It just sounds so um so incredibly harsh and um anyway, you know, it's surprising though cuz you'll always find somebody who says, "Yeah, that that worked for me." <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I I have to say I doubt that on on a large scale that it it's effective. Um there are a lot of treatments in place that are wildly ineffective and still going strong. But yeah. anyway, okay, so having done with that, did you, yeah. you pursue ayahuasca again? So, yeah, I, I came back and, and um, I got an email and I was like, yes, 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 I'm going to sign up. I'm going to go back. I'm going to do a ceremony. And uh, I did it again here in New York. And this last ceremony, uh, this was, you know, just a couple months ago. Um, I I don't remember vocalizing my intention. Um, I you know I I knew that I just wanted to get to the bottom of this. Sure. And just to understand why, what it what it was. And slowly, you know, throughout the night, over the night, I um I had a realization and, and it was 
you know, it was something that I hadn't blocked out. It was something that I've always been aware of, like over the years, not over the years, but over the, over the few ayahuasca sessions that I've done. I was always like looking for this hidden thing that I had somehow blocked out of my memory that I was running from or that I was numbing because I always knew that I was numbing from pain. Hmm. And this time it was just kind of like, I don't know, do you remember the, 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 the V8 commercials where they smacked themselves on the yes. floor? Yes. Oh, I could have had a V8. <laughs> right. That was it. That was the revelation I had. <laughs> what, you and could have had really, a V8? It, <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't I could have had a V8, but it was like, it was right there in front of me, like, duh. Yeah, it often is. And it really, it, I relived... Oh, you know, a few nights of the last couple of weeks of a relationship that I had in my early, late teens, early 20s, where I was totally betrayed, brokenhearted, devastated, and had never resolved it. Had never had any closure. And I had gone on my life without understanding why why uh, this thing went so badly and, and what my part in it was or, or how somebody could be so cruel. And that night, this is just, you know, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, <clears throat> I, I relived the sweet moments of that relationship, the best moments, the worst moments. We'd had fights. And... And then I recalled something that I had totally forgotten. And, you know, this woman that I was with had, what I understood, I guess, is that the amount of pain that I got and that, you know, the, the, the hell that she put me through was only reflective of her own pain. Mm-hmm. And I, I started remembering the things that she told me about like things that I had totally forgotten, conversations we had about how she, you know, she'd been used by her own family for, you know, financial reasons and she'd been raped as a teenager and, and not only did I have like understanding from, for what happened and why it happened, but I finally understood how how much pain she must have been in to inflict that on me. Right. And I was able to, like, I went way beyond my problems and, you know, kind of came out of the ceremony, like, you know, I need to get in touch with her and just let her know mm-hmm. that it's okay and that I understand why and, I, and, and just that I hope she's okay and let her know that I think she's great and I think she's I just hope she's okay and I still love you and I, you know I kind of left with that like I went way beyond like why am I using why am I numbing myself and what am I running from mm-hmm. and I haven't reached out to her I don't know that I need to do that but what I do know is that I have not had another legitimate craving or urge to use cocaine since then Wow. And, I mean, as I said, it's, it is like I could have had a VA. It was like, oh, this is what I've been reliving. Mm. And in hindsight, you know, I learned to use cocaine with this woman. Oh. 
and the end of our relationship was very much like these nights and weekends that I had been putting myself through for 20 years. And it just never concluded. And it doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. Now that I understand what I was doing, uh, my feelings, when I think about using right now, I have about the same reaction that I have when I think about smoking cigarettes. And I smoked oh, for, I don't know, 16, 17 years. And I quit cold turkey, and I suffered. And now, I mean, it took years to get to this point, but now it disgusts me. Mm. It's not appealing at all. And I've never had that feeling about cocaine until now. I've never, like, now I just kind of think about it, and I see it, and it's just like, it's not, I get it, but I don't need it. Right, And that's that great. happened only since that ceremony. That's amazing. Yeah. And that whole And you know, I have a therapist and I think she was very incredulous about this at first. I told her the whole story. I've told my mom. I've told the woman I'm dating. I've I've just you know, I'm not I'm not ashamed of it at all. I just I want people to like really get it because I you know, my mom's seen me relapse for twenty years. Right. Um what did did you tell your therapist that you that you've done ayahuasca? Yeah, and she was totally unaware of what it was. Really? Wow. <laughs> so I'm educating her a little bit. Yeah. Sorry? I'm, I'm educating her. Yeah, <laughs> and this is happening all over. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it's uh, funny. She, she's like, what was that again? Like, can you spell? <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising Taking at all. <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, if she has a love for, you know... For delving into the psyche, uh, it, it's just you can't help but be attracted to such a concept at the very beginning when yeah. you hear about it. It's like, oh wow, well, it's going to accomplish so much. Kind of watch her, in you know, be incredulous about it, about like this. And listen, it's it is only a few months ago, but I've never felt this aversion, yeah, <laughs> or just this lack of of craving mm -hmm. since I remember the first time I used cocaine, and I remember being glad that I didn't know where to get more. <laughs> right. You could, because I'd want more. Sure. Know? And now I live in, you know, I've lived in major cities since then and very available. Yeah. But yeah. I've never had like this just, eh, take it or leave it attitude about it. That's freedom, right? Yeah, exactly, freedom. Yeah. That's what it feels it like. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. So, <laughs> and obviously the people in your life must find this to be a huge incentive to to understand this deeper because you've just proved to them what a powerful experience that is. They've seen yeah. you go through all of this stuff and suddenly it's like, yeah, it actually, I have an aversion to it now. Well, yeah, they've seen that. And then they're not just taking, you know, my word for it either because since then I've, I've <laughs> you know, for 20 years I've been kind of reliving the same nightmare mm -hmm. and this cycle and this rut and never really making any big changes. Yeah. And, you know, in the past two months, so much has changed in my life. Like my, I mean, I started a new job on Monday, um, you know, and I've been working in the same industry since I was, I don't know, 23 years old, almost 20 years. And, it, and it's a turn. It's a pivot for me. Yeah. And, you know, this... Only came. This only just happened in the last two weeks, and I'm so excited about it. And it's, it's 
Things happen so fast. It's unreal. Um, yeah. I'm dating a woman who six months ago I would have said was out of my league, out of consideration. Um, and we've got a great, you know, give and take relationship. Wonderful. Um, That's amazing. Oh, what else? I mean, everything. I, I started teaching yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Like, I, I, I want to share stuff. Yeah. You know, I, my, the class I teach is, 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 is a beginner intro class for people who don't do yoga. Oh, like, nice. I just want to help people. Right. All of a sudden. Oh, I love that. Um, the insights that you had about the pain on the other side of things, I think that this is one of the most um, liberating and and powerful things about ayahuasca. It helps to give us insight um, into these experiences that we have with people who do harm. Because, you know, once you, once you gain that insight and that understanding, um, there's an opportunity to no longer carry around the heaviness associated with, with those feelings about the person and, and detach completely from that. And then, and, and even, you know, if you can step into compassion, I mean, ayahuasca helps us do that, but um, there's an option to just continue to practice that. And when you see and feel harm from other people, you know, to, to understand where that's coming from and that, you know, and you have an opportunity there also with your own reactions. If you react strongly and all the rest of it, it's like, Oh, okay, sure. there's something else to heal for yeah. me now. It's a whole, yeah. it's an opportunity, right? So it's pretty mm -hmm. amazing empowering tool. Um, that wasn't your third though. Was it the third one you wanted to talk about? You said you had three really powerful ones. No, that was it. That was it. That was okay. The one. Yeah. <laughs> That's really amazing. That was the big one. That was the most recent. So, um, would you uh, have you considered um, pursuing it again? I mean, is this something that you it's would funny, want you to know, do? Like, I, my mom asks me that because she's like, "Okay, so you've you've resolved this issue, you know? Like, she knows these experiences. I've told them to her, and you know, you've resolved this issue that you have with Matt. Great, and now you're." you've gotten over like this relationship and, and the, the addiction thing. And so what's next? <laughs> She's asking me what other problems I have to work on and how am I going to fix them? And, you know, I, honestly, I told her like, boy, this has opened so much up for me, mm -hmm. but it may be a while. Yeah. I identify even something that, that needs working on or that, you know, that I need to ask for help with something like that. I mean, I have, it's like the whole world has opened up and, and I'm actively playing ball um, all of a sudden. And so I'm very busy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so yeah. you're, you're living it out. You're engaging and you feel good. There's no reason to think about it. I was just curious. I know these things sometimes happen in stages, but um, yeah. there's an incredible amount of insight that you gained. Do you find yourself applying that in situations that you that you come across in your life? Like, dude, that those lessons are pretty profound, well, you know? I wouldn't say exactly necessarily from ayahuasca, um, particularly. I mean, the insight, yeah. I mean, just this last couple of years, and, and I think this has been a catalyst for me, um, I've gotten deeper into my yoga practice. I started doing kundalini yoga. Nice. And, and the breathing exercises involved with that. Um, I've taken that into other parts of my life, wherever things are stressful, I just kind of breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it has worked very well. Um, I was in a, I was in what would have been a defensive back and forth argument last night with somebody, mm-hmm. and it was it was about like my credentials to teach yoga and what am I doing and where am I doing it, and it was all like this attack, attack, attack kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would have felt that it was an attack previously and I kind of just smiled and I just answered and I just was so comfortable in in my own skin in what I'm doing right that I didn't have to like come up with an answer oh that's great I didn't have to defend anything I didn't have to like justify what I'm up to because I know I'm doing it right and you know for all the right reasons yeah and so yeah (laughs) that's fine that's wonderful um you're seeing a change in yourself that doesn't even take any work it's just happening for you now and that's wonderful mm-hmm. um it's it's funny you mentioned that um about people challenging you um on that level and and your response there's so many people that are starting to do their own work in different ways especially around ayahuasca and and there's just this onslaught of opinions about whether other people should be doing this or should be doing that. In fact, um, many people want to come on the show and um, and tell everybody how things should be done. And even though I can appreciate that there's a lot of concern about potential dangers and all the rest of it, I get that. And I, and I love the fact that people are, you know... Um, compassionate towards an, an others in to the point where they they want to protect them or help them, but I do think that we're also, um, you know, we're we're moving out of I'm hoping um, the kind of society that's all about these barriers and and institutions that decide for everybody how everything is done and that there's only one right way and that this yeah. this small group of people decide those things they you know and with with the you know the pretense of of taking everybody's health and or well-being into consideration but what we learn with things like ayahuasca is that we're also very incredibly unique we really are yeah. and what we need is very unique and all those unique individuals who are going out there and practicing in their own ways um bring mm-hmm. something very unique to what they do because of who they are and sure some of them some people are doing things in harmful ways even you know people who are so-called authentic shamans in in South America are are doing some harmful things. Um, So even the word, well, it's like, well, are you from South America? It's like, well, that, you know, the medicine's coming to us all and working through us in in pretty interesting ways. And it's going to take a while, I think, for people to learn that they can count on their own abilities and to trust that and to move forward with that and, and to no longer place those kinds of barriers uh, around us um, from allowing us to just do what we do really well naturally. And not everybody needs to go to get a certificate to understand who they are and what they can do to actually do it and, and to have that, you know, roll out with people responding really well. And, I mean, that's that's truth right there. That's just what's happening. You know, we don't need a scientist to to <laughs> to verify it. You know, um, right? I think that we've got to learn to do things in in that way and to trust ourselves and to start to, you know, not yeah, ask permission. And, and there's certainly no one size fits all solution to anything. Right. Exactly. You know? and, and and so much has been treated that way. Yeah. Um, you know, the, this prescription culture that we have. Um, you know, just here, 
take this drug, take that drug. That drug's not working. You need a drug to fix that drug. Right. Wow. I mean, no wonder we get addicted. <laughs> They're only only addressing the symptoms. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so we learned really, just, to, we we learned to get the big bandaid out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But this, I think you know the most for me the most profound thing about this you know these experiences both ayahuasca and psilocybin was the ability to look back objectively and see and feel the incidents that have informed my behavior for the rest of my life and i've never you know i i had that concept before i understood it from like buddhism i understood it at the landmark forum Mm-hmm. I got it. I, I mean, I understood what was happening on, or how it was working on me. But I never really got it, got it, until I could actually be there. It's almost as if, as if you just go back in the past, and you, you watch somebody treat you badly, or you do something horrible to someone, and you just kind of watch it objectively, and mm-hmm. let you understand how yeah. that dictates how you behave now, 30 years later. It's amazing like that. Well, there's um, there's a state of knowing that you go into. I've described this before, um, where I mean, you can you can describe this for somebody, but for people who haven't had that experience um, with ayahuasca, and wouldn't wouldn't quite get it fully unless they had it themselves. But I we can describe mm-hmm. it, and it yeah, is a you state can talk of about it all day long. <laughs> I know, sure. it's like it's like sex. You know, you can you got to actually do it to really fully get the. <laughs> Just, exactly. The descriptions won't do it justice. However, it's it's important to talk about, and there is that state of knowing that goes beyond any description. You know what's happening. You have that knowledge, and I I remember having it so often in the in the medicine and saying, "Oh God, please help me to have this when I leave, because I know tomorrow I'm going to come out of this, and, <laughs> and I don't want it to go right. away." And it's incredibly right. insightful, but. Um, mm. The the things that you learned, like I can relate so much because of my ongoing experiences um, with ayahuasca. Um, outside of the medicine, keep still get these these downloads and these these insights, and it's it's funny how um, from the outside it might seem that learning about things that you're going about in the wrong way might seem like a difficult, challenging thing to to have happen. You know, your ego might get in the way and say, no, I didn't do anything wrong or whatever. Um, And the medicine, of course, helps a great deal with that. But once you get into the rhythm of discovering that there's incredible power in discovering these things, so finding things that you're doing wrong means that you actually have the ability to change it right away without worrying about what anybody else is doing. It's, It's so powerful. And I've gotten into the habit of of actually feeling like I'm really getting somewhere if I discover there's something I'm doing wrong. It's like great now I know that I can do something about that because it's me, mm-hmm. and and I can change it, right? And it gets frustrating when it's not me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh no, that means I can't do anything about it. All I all I can do is walk away. <laughs> it's really weird how things have turned around. Oh, how things have changed. <laughs> Um, so what does your partner think about all of this? You're in a relationship with someone, did you... T- oh, well, she's intrigued. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You, you've talked to her about um, all this, right? Yeah, yeah, I've told her the whole the whole story. And um, I think she was a bit, you know, kind of like, wow. <laughs> but she's, she's a big fan of mine. She's uh, been very supportive of, of the changes that I'm making 
since then. And, you know, I, I don't know, I mean, if she's considering doing a ceremony herself or not. And I'm not here to, to push or preach. Of course, yeah. Um, I know, you know, she she's talked lightly about it and, and maybe would be cautious about something like that. Sure. And it's funny, you know, beyond her, my mom <laughs> now has expressed an interest. Wow. And, you know, she's in her early 70s. <laughs> so she's, uh, but she said to me, Maybe, I don't know, a few weeks ago in a conversation, you know, before I die, I'd like to take a trip. (laughs) Not, you know, and I was like, well, okay. (laughs) All right, Mom. So, you know, I see how this benefited me, and I I can see how anybody could get something from it. I would highly recommend it, but I'm never going to push it on anyone. It can't be done that way. I mean, people do it, but, you know, it's just such a deeply profound experience and it's so important for people to take it seriously enough to um to know that they yeah. have to really think uh seriously about it and it's a big decision it's a huge decision yeah and it can't be i mean it can be influenced we're, we're all influenced by one another we know that sure but yeah. we do come and out of these experiences a little on a cloud a bit like oh my god we if, mm-hmm. a friend of mine guy crittenden said you know we go through the evangelist stage where we come out of it going oh my god everybody's got to do this right and then, why aren't you doing it yeah you need this and then you settle down and realize it just it just can't be done that way. And I, in fact, it's really important for us to go about things in a very different way than that. You know, then mm-hmm. as we discussed that one size fits all, it's really not going to be um, like that anymore for us if we were to build, you know, a healthier way of going about things. Um, there was somebody who contacted me on Facebook on my um the ayahuasca talks radio show um, Uh facebook page either that or or directly anyway asked about um because i've been writing blogs about ayahuasca talking to me about my thought patterns and he just opened up with this question about so tell me more about that what did ayahuasca say and it's like wow okay over the period of two and a half years (laughs) on a daily basis there's been quite a there's a lot of material there um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't know how to sum it up, but um, I think that what you described about the process that goes on before you communicate, all all of the, the big show that goes on inside of us that influences mm-hmm. the way that we um, connect with one another is something that um, it, it impacts us very deeply and it's it's a whole um world that that it's important for us to get in touch with and it sounds very nebulous um but all we can do is use words to describe this sort of thing to say hey this exists there's a whole world that that we experience every single day it's your own personal world it's something that um is really important to pay attention to and your inner thoughts and inner mind just open up to that, and and you'd be surprised what you start to discover about yourself. Anyway, we've got to close off now. Thank you so much, Johnny, for sharing okay. with us today, um, and take Thank good you. care. All right, bye bye. Take care.